Good morning. How you guys doing? My name is Sunny Aigbe. Welcome to A Boy and His Dream podcast, episode number five. I have a special guest in the house today. Nick is in the house. How you doing, sir? I'm good. Nick is a graduate of Dayton University, Ohio, and on a successful uh, family man. That? A very successful family man. It depends man. on what day you ask my wife if I'm a successful family <laughs> man. But I, Sonny, I'm going to bring you home with me. You Dude. can say that any day, man. I like that. Do you have a sense, good sense of humor. I love this man. And one other thing you need to know about him, he successfully worked in a very successful financial company, a founder of ABC, nonprofit foundation here in Chicago, giving back to underprivileged children. I mean, he's into sport. He loved God. I mean, he loved giving back. This is a man that you, idea man that you want to know, emulate. The man that you want to model. I mean, dude, your positivity is contagious. You know, I just want to welcome you to this podcast. If you don't mind, would you want to tell us a little bit, a brief about what ABC is all about and why we're here today? Yeah, no, absolutely, Sonny. I appreciate you having me on. I know we, we've done some work together in the past. And uh, what I love about you is you use your platform for good. Because there's a lot of people that have a platform, they have a voice, but they're not using it for good. So I really respect that and appreciate that about you. Thank you so much. So, um, you know, Nick Lamaglio, um, Lamalio, if, uh, you know, that's how they say it in the old country. Family's mm-hmm. from Sicily originally. Um, I was born, raised on the south side of Chicago, about as far west, uh, south as you can go in a neighborhood called Beverly. Um, I went to Sutherland Elementary, which is uh, part of the Chicago public school system for mm. kindergarten through eighth grade. Then I went to St. Rita High School, which is on uh, 79th and Western. Mm-hmm. And then uh, to uh, your recognition earlier, I went to the University of Dayton in Ohio and graduated. Um, so I graduated in 2008 from Dayton. I came back to Chicago and uh, I've been working for the same company, uh, UBS Financial Services, uh, since uh, 2005. So I was actually a freshman intern when I started with the company and I founded ABC, which we uh, affectionately call ABC. It's called Professional ABCs, Advice Beyond the Classroom. Amazing. And Advice Beyond the Classroom is something that we created because we realized there was a gap in the curriculum, you know, geometry, world history, Latin, French, all these are being taught, but nobody was teaching these kids how to shake hands, how to tie a tie, how to write a cold email, how to make small talk when you meet somebody for the first time, and most importantly, how to public speak. Um, So we, we try to drive a lot of what we call the soft skills into the next gen. You know, we've talked about it before. I I think this next generation hasn't really gotten a fair shake at life. First, they're in the middle of a tech revolution. Mm -hmm. So they've got all this technology that's kind of fueling what some would call antisocial habits. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, they had COVID that shell, you know, it shut them down for two years and that's two years of development. So I feel like these kids are kind of set back uh, prior to other generations when it comes to the soft skills and, you know, kind of the uh, social skills you learn early in life. So we're trying to fill that gap with our program. This student, great job, man. This student never had a chance from these modern new technology, information technology, segregating, segregating them from being social to pandemic. That's two years of not being social at all. Mm-hmm. And you've you've come to bridge that gap. We're I mean, trying. It's a big generation. So we're trying to do it one, uh, one student at a time. But it, it's an uphill battle that is going to have a ripple effect for the next, you know, 50, 100 years. Because the early phases of this generation, it, it has been, it hasn't really, I guess, encouraged 
connectivity, physical connectivity. It's encouraged social connectivity via Instagram, Snap, but that isn't true connection. Having 100,000 followers on Insta doesn't mean that you have 100,000 people that are there to help you and take care of you. And it's not real. It's It's not not real. It's all manufactured. So what we're trying to do is reinstill the kind of soft skills which encourage physical connectivity. The initial value that's being left behind. The value being left behind, exactly. It's a values-based program (laughs) that we're trying to uh, build off of. How do you have time to juggle this? Are you crazy? I thought I was crazy. How do you have time? No, yeah, it's funny because when I started at, uh, so I'm with UBS Financial Services, and when I started with them, you know, I realized kind of what I did was education in itself. And so I wanted to be a teacher growing up, but I ended up interning with my current firm when I was 18 years old, and I ended up getting on that path pretty early. And that was kind of the foundation for Advice Beyond the Classroom, ABC for short, was because I realized mentors were the ones that really got me on that path, which today I'm very thankful for. But when I created ABC, there's a lot of overlap with what I do professionally, and there's a lot of overlap with what I do personally. So I tell people, whenever you're trying to put together like an extracurricular or a hobby beyond your primary revenue, the primary source of money, mm-hmm. make sure it's almost like a Venn diagram. Wow. If you have one, two, three passions, make sure they somehow overlap. Because if you have a passion over here and a passion down here and a passion up here and there's no overlap, you're going to find yourself spread too thin. And then you're not going to give attention to the right ones or one's going to fall by the wayside. Mm -hmm. But when all your passions and your professionalism, you know, the, you know, your professional service, whatever you do, when there's an overlap, it makes it a lot easier to juggle it all. It makes sense. Because each entity feeds itself. It makes sense. So what you're technically saying is that you also want to have a financial strength before you're able to give back as exactly. well. So you cannot just want to create nonprofit wanting to give back when you don't also have the financial capacity to be able to do so. Do you're such a genius. Okay, tell me something. I want to know about what 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 is it about um oh um ABC? What is it about ABC and what exactly are you guys currently doing right now, given the fact that there's a lot of problems surrounding our youth in Chicago? We're focusing on our community for now, Chicago. What is it uh, you guys are doing and why? Yeah, no, it's a great question. So in 2012, I went back to uh, my local high school, which is St. Rita, 79 Southwestern. And um, the kids were asking me, it was a career day thing. Mm-hmm. And so they started asking, like, well, what do you do? And I'm like, well, I work with the stock market. And half the class fell asleep. They're like, uh, this is boring. And I get it. They're kids. They're young. It, it, like, it doesn't make sense. So another kid asked, well, how did you get to where you are? Mm. And that was a story. And that got their attention. Because then I started talking about, well, I had to network to get in. And then I got an internship. And then when I was inside the company, each year I met with somebody different and built a network inside the company. And then I graduated. And then I got into a program. The story drew the kids in. And I realized they're not teaching how to do that in traditional curriculums. So we call it advice beyond the classroom, ABC for short, because it's really simple. We're teaching you how to shake hands. We're teaching you how to follow up. We're teaching you how to network. We're teaching you how to public speak. If you can figure out how to public speak and you're comfortable with it, 
Having a conversation with somebody is really easy. Those are special skills. It's special skills. And those skills are not being even taught right now. They're not being taught. You have a (laughs) communications class where you speak once at it, you give a presentation, but we're implementing it on a regular basis. Would you say those skills are what are lacking right now in our children? Public speaking is going by the way of Latin. It's a dying language and it's a dying skill set. Public speaking is more feared than death for a lot of people. They would rather not public speak. That's how bad, you know, the anxiety is around it. So I force these kids to get way outside their comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And the further outside your comfort zone you go with Mm -hmm. these skills that are actually needed in the real world the better off you're going to be down the road because it ends up instilling confidence in other areas of their life. Okay. So this uh, your program is designed to actually target underprivileged youth in our neighborhood. Yes. Are these children mainly white demographic or every kid? So when we started the program, I kind of went around to every school I could. You know, I was like the Pied Piper. I was knocking on doors. I want to open it. So I started at St. Rita. Uh-huh. And St. Rita is, um, you know, is what I would call a very diverse school okay. from the standpoint of you got kids from kind of all over the South Side, Western Burbs, you know, it's kind of a melting pot. So I had kids that range from back of the yards all the way out to some of, you know, the nicer suburbs in like Naperville. So Every we, children. All over. From all race. All over. This program is more... <laughs> It's not the underprivileged. Yes, I want to go and we're, we're targeting that and we're, we're bringing that in because those kids have a skill set that can't really be taught. And that's grit. If you're familiar with that term, grittiness is um, not learned. It's experienced. Yeah. So the reason why I like going after, you know, trying to bring in a lot of these kids that might not be as polished as some of the other kids mm-hmm. is they have real life experiences. They have real hardships that they've kind of gone through. Yes. So they have more life experience than most adults do, some of these kids that are coming out of these more underserved, you know, tougher neighborhoods. Those are the kids that we really want because we can polish them up and teach them how to public speak. We can Mm -hmm. teach them how to network. We can teach them how to follow up. We can't teach them the grittiness that they've learned either on the streets or just in their home life in by general. Being, by being surrounded by negative and tough, stuff toughness. like that. And also, you, 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 you think, I think what, you, what you're saying right now, this is what I'm getting from what you're saying, is like if we're able to like prepare these kids ahead of time, ahead of wars, ahead of then, in future, they'll be able to present themselves. So it's in presentation. Absolutely. So you're treated and respected based on how you present yourself. Absolutely. That makes sense. Well, it was funny because I was talking with a, so what our, uh, you know, nonprofit has effectively evolved into is now I've got companies mm-hmm. calling and saying, hey, we want some of those ABC kids to intern. So now we have a brand where they've gone through a specialized training program where we're teaching them all these skills and they're coming into these internships ahead of all the other kids because they are much more advanced in the soft skills. That's, that's so smart. That's Kids brilliant. learn Excel spreadsheets anywhere, but when learning how to public speak and network and follow up small talk, that's not. And so a recruiter came to me one day. He goes, Nick, you know what we look for? And I go, what do you look for? He goes, PhDs. And my heart kind of dropped. I'm like, PhDs, man, they're super smart, highly educated. I'm like, I'm not a PhD. You know, how are we going to get there? Mm-hmm. He goes, no, no, no. I want poor Hungry and driven. <laughs> I want a PhD. <laughs> I'm going to use that. Those kids are, well, they, they are driven, driven. And they, they, because they don't have any other alternative. Mm-hmm. So they, they, they want to work. They want to learn. They see the opportunity in front of them. Amen. But and, at the same time, there's a lot of kids that come from great families that are in the program. And they're hungry and driven too. They're HDs. 
So it's 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 what makes the program fantastic is we level the playing field because regardless if you come from a great background or a rough background, public speaking isn't really being taught in the family household. It's not being taught in school. Right? You have it's to figure it out. It's not being taught in school. Mm-hmm. So it's a pretty level playing field. True. I love the way you call it playing field. You know, speaking about playing field, so can you tell me what challenges that you faced, the challenges that you've experienced since you founded your foundation? What are the challenges? And when we talk about that, we'll talk about the impact that you've made. Yeah, so what are your challenges? Yeah. The challenges right now are scalability. So I am kind of the program, the teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're in three schools and I've plateaued. Mm-hmm. So now mm-hmm. what we're doing is trying to figure out how we can kind of create this curriculum and then bring in other mentors to bring this program to other schools. Because I've gotten multiple calls from other schools that want to be in the network. Okay. Because you got to realize what we're creating is an ecosystem. Okay. So you can go online and watch YouTube videos on how to public speak and how to shake hands. Mm-hmm. It's super easy. You don't need a textbook want to practice it. it. But what happens is when you come into ABC, you're now in our ecosystem, our program, and now you have access to all the schools and all the alumni and everybody that's participating. Mm-hmm. So the way that this program actually gets more powerful and better is <laughs> by expanding the network. Mm-hmm. But the biggest hurdle we've had is me being in you know, 10 schools and trying to teach at every single one. And so that's like our next hurdle is how do we expand the program Appreciate to that. help to reach more kids? Okay. I think also one other thing I need to also bring up before talking about the possibility of getting to all Chicago area school is the fact that what impact have you made among the children that you've been servicing? Can you talk about that real quickly and what impact? Yeah. Because it's important for you to bring that to light. To our the, audience. The, the biggest impact we've made is so we run by the three C's. This is a motto. Our, our, our mission statement of ABC is manufacture luck. So manufacture at the core is you are building something. And luck we define as when preparation meets opportunity. So we are teaching our kids how to manufacture their own luck. That's the impact. You are not waiting for somebody to give you something. There's a great proverb. You give a man a fish, he eats for a day. You teach a man to fish, he eats for a lifetime. True that. We are teaching these young men and women how to fish. And then when they get good at it, they need to share some of those fish with others. And then most importantly, they need to teach another kid, either the generation after them, the generation with them, they need to teach them how to fish too. It's a pay it forward model. How many children have you impacted right now? If you can, I mean, if you have to like give a number. 10 years ago. So we ran the numbers between the alumni of all the programs over 10 years. Remember, we've only been in one in one to three schools over the last 10 years in succession. I would say about 1,200 kids have come through. But now we're getting referrals in where a parent will say, hey, I heard you have this program can Jimmy or Sally come into the program? And then we'll say, yes. So we have a one-off opportunity for kids to come in, even if they don't attend the schools. Appreciate that. Seems like it's pretty much, you know, very, very effective. And then I wonder what would you, what kind of help do you need from the community, right? And especially at Chicago area school. Do you understand the fact that in the next year, in coming year, 
behavior is going to be worse. I mean, I'm talking about poor behavior among our youth. It's going to be mm-hmm. worse because law has been kind of like loosening up. Mm-hmm. It's going to get worse. What kind of, I think your program, not I think, your program is highly needed mm-hmm. in Chicago area school. What help, what kind of help do you need right now for your program, to, for you to be visual in all schools? What do you need? How can you how can we help you? I think the, the best way to scale and really get the word out and bring people into the network mm-hmm. is something that we're currently exploring right now is we are going directly to other nonprofits that provide some type of service or opportunity to youth, underprivileged youth, whoever it may be. And then what we want to do is host workshops and partner with those nonprofits. So there's a school called Urban Prep down in Englewood. Mm-hmm. I would love the opportunity to partner with Urban Prep, bring our curriculum in. I will will host a, uh, you know, a, an entire session, a five-hour session, and we'll do a condensed kind of classroom mm-hmm. on what we're teaching. The bigger thing would be expanding into actual schools and where we do the nine-month sessions where they're meeting once or twice a month for nine months throughout the course of the year. Mm-hmm. That's going to take a little bit more legwork because we need a lot of People that buy in from the school standpoint, mm-hmm. that's alumni, that's the principal, that's the president of the school, that's the teachers. We need to have buy-in to really roll this program out inside of an actual school. So what we're trying to do right now is find other 501c3s that are serving the youth and want us to come in. There's no cost. Mm-hmm. We don't charge our students. We're not charging a nonprofit for our services. Again, we operate on the pay it forward model. Whatever we teach you, please just pay it forward to the next person that might not know. I appreciate that. You know, um, speaking about no cost, so it's a no cost value. So I was going to bring that up, you know, given the fact that budget is always an issue in the Chicago city and it's public school system. So I was wondering if we would have, I mean, someone would have called you to provide your services. How can they afford you? You just say that your program is free. free. So if it's free, how do you fund it? Well, that's where the generosity of donors, private donors that want to make an impact. So there's really, there's, there's three ways you make an impact. There's time, there's talent, and there's treasure. Your time is you're just putting in the effort. Think, what do you need me to do? You need me to coordinate things. Your talent is, hey, you need me to come speak at an event? That would be great. Or your treasure, that's the money. All three of those are equally important. Mm -hmm. People think treasure is the most important. Money is important. Mm -hmm. Money is a tool, but your time and talent are equally as important because I'd argue time and talent are actually more valuable than treasure. Mm -hmm. But we have a lot of donors that donate all three. And so we have private donors that are funding our, uh, our entity. We are in the midst of a capital raise. So we're always looking if there are private donors that are interested in funding educational-based nonprofits that are geared towards the next generation, Mm -hmm. specifically focusing on the soft skills of life. Mm -hmm. I'd argue we're probably uh, one of the best nonprofits in the country for that. So if there's anybody interested in helping, I had to put that commercial in. We would uh, be happy to bring you aboard. That's amazing. That commercial is going to cost you five dollars now. <laughs> <laughs> pay you know forward, what? Paying Sonny. it forward is good, and it's always good to pay it forward. My last question to you today is the fact that if I would have want, if I want to donate, how do I donate? Where do I find you? Is it in the website? Is it in the yes. IG? So advicebeyondtheclassroom.org. So we're a fully um, registered five hundred one c three. So we're federally and state tax exempt. 
There's two different ways. There people either give cash, check, mm-hmm. or um, securities, investments that are appreciated. So they can get a tax deduction by giving away a stock that they've held for a long time. Endowments. And, and yeah, exactly. So we operate like a, a less uh, complicated form of an endowment. That's amazing. I truly, truly want to appreciate you. Thank you so much for coming into this program. Thank you, Sonny. I, I want to thank you. you uh, helping. We, Pay it forward, baby. Pay it forward. That's what you're doing now, and that's why I wanted to help you. I appreciate you, too. You're the man. You're the man. You're the man. You know, we need people like Nick in our lives, and let's continue to brighten our future by getting involved. And today, this is the end point to our our episode number five. My name is Sonny Aigbe. Thank you for tuning in to our Boy and His Dream podcast, episode number five. But remember, what doesn't kill you will paralyze you. If you don't get it right, I'm out of help. Trust me on that. That's true. Mm -hmm. Cheers.